Hello, you beautiful soul, and welcome to Omens and Epiphanies. I'm Grace, and I'm going on a journey. I hope you'll join me. If you're at home and in a safe space, this would be a good time to go get some tea. Maybe your favorite tarot deck. We're going to talk about the Fool today so you can pull it out and see what we're doing. If you're in a car, don't do any of those things. <laughs> Maybe just wave out the window at somebody so that way they have a little bit of a better day. I'm going to apologize in advance. It's currently the solstice. I'm in my living room and the fireplace is crackling and it might be distracting. I'm going to try to reduce the noise um, post recording, but I'm new to all this. So this is probably the kind of episode where later I'm going to be embarrassed and maybe even re um, rewrite it. But um, I'm doing my best right now and I'm nervous, which means I'm on the right path. That's one of the ways that I'm told that I'm doing well. This is a podcast where I go through the tarot. Um, I'm a practiced reader. I've been reading for about 10 years or so, I'd say, and um, on and off professionally and personally. But I'm finding myself lacking a spiritual practice that's not problematic or appropriative. I've recently come into shamanism, but I am just a white lady. So I'm trying to figure out maybe if witchcraft is something that I can do that's not appropriative or something else. Maybe I have to forge my own path. So I'm going to be looking for a spirituality through the lens of the tarot. My three cards today are all the fool. The fool is card zero. Now we're going to talk about numerology as we go and how everything kind of lines up with itself. But zero, you can't really condense anymore. And it's not one of the numbers one through nine. So this really is the beginning. And it's like the beginning of the beginning. It's what Tara 101 calls the divine egg, which I looked up and is apparently also in a video game. So <laughs> I could get very little from that, but that's okay. But some people also consider the fool as the 22nd card of the major arcana. Now, 22 is um, special because it's 11 plus 11, and 11 is one of the special numerology numbers that don't actually fit in. But if we simplify down 22, it's also a number four. So when we get to the fourth card, which I totally know, it's either the emperor or the empress. <laughs> Wait, one, two, three, four, yeah. Um, so when we get to the fourth card, we'll talk more about the number four. But for right now, this is zero. One is from the Light Sears Tarot by Chris Ann. One is from the Steampunk Tarot by Barbara Moore and Ali Fell. And the final one is the Sun and Moon Tarot by Vanessa Decor. I don't speak French, so I'm assuming that that's correct. We're starting with the Fool, and we're going to go through the Fool's journey together. And I guess I'm the Fool right now. <laughs> I, um, in that first deck, the Light Sears Tarot, there's a woman in a yellow dress. Her eyes are closed. And she's holding a stick and an amethyst crystal. She's on the edge of a cliff and she is free falling backwards into a pond below. The pond has a geometric symbol on it from one of the sacred geometries that we'll talk about a little bit later. And there's some, looks like steam, but I think it's just so sweet energy rising from it. So she's falling backwards with faith. The steampunk tarot has a chimney sweep. <laughs> He's on top of the roof uh, with a broom, the, you know, the tools of the trade in his hand, his hand on his hip, it's sunrise. I'm not sure if he's finishing his day or starting his day. Being that this is the fool, it's probably the beginning of his day. He hasn't quite started yet. He's just enjoying the stars and the sunrise. 
There's a dog next to him, and the background is filled with smog coming from buildings, so this is a good old steampunk deck. And finally, the Sun and Moon Tarot has a probably a male, but it's hard to tell in this in these pictures, but that's okay, uh, with big baggy pants and a backpack. He's got um, spiky hair. There's a sun shining down on him. He has the I always, I always forget the name of this. It's that symbol that doctors um, use sometimes where the two snakes and then there's the wings. It's from Mercury, but I, I have to remember what that is. And there's a tiger holding him back, a butterfly swirling around him, and a crocodile in the water below. We're going to talk about these symbols, what they mean, and what they mean to me. So I've referenced quite a few books. Um, one of them is Tarot 101 by Kim Huggins. And another is the Tarot Handbook by Angelus Arian. Probably close. Arian or Arian. A-R-R-I-E-N. I've also referenced the Wikipedia, and it's Wicca, like W-I-C-C-A, by Sean Robbins and Leanna Greenway. And Mama Moon's Book of Magic by Samura Haxiver. Haxiver? This is always my least favorite part of podcasts when they don't look things up, but I have not, and I apologize. From those first two books, I have learned that the tiger is fear. Um, so the tiger grabbing at his backpack is is holding our fool back. A butterfly is a new beginning. Um, the crocodile is the power to give birth to creativity. The cliff in both of these, um, the first one and the last one, is rashness or foolhardiness. Any animals in there are usually either a helper or a nuisance. The sun in the sun and moon tarot and the sunrise in the chimney sweep card is a commitment to bring creativity to life. And the bag or the backpack or the tools that they're holding are their resources, their abundance, and sometimes even their baggage. If the fool in the sun and moon tarot were just to take off his backpack, then the, the fear being the tiger would not hold him back anymore. The sacred geometry symbol on that first card is the seed of life. Um, it specifically signifies consciousness of the creator. So our first fool in yellow is falling backwards into the universe, into the care of the creator or God or whatever you want to call that, that being. And something I didn't know is that the staff carried by Hermes the messenger is called a caduceus, which is a um, name of a character in a D&D <laughs> show I watch. I love that. Um, now, traditionally, and this is from those first two books, the Tarot 101 and the Tarot Handbook, the fool is usually blithely innocent and rash force sweeping into someone's life, bringing with it new opportunity. Um, it also can signify courage or, or fearlessness. I've always felt that um, the little animals that are trying to stop the person from going forward are the true naysayers. That's the real fool. It's that little voice that says you can't. So here I am canning it. <laughs> And then my friend Alec, who's a very good reader, um, I want them on the show at some point, says that the fool is a new start specifically from a leap of faith. And I held on to that and I just love it so much. So um, here's a new start. 
I'm diving into this podcast without listening to the little voice and the shakes and the nervousness, and it'll be all good. I'm glad you're here. So I um, have already said that I have found a background in shamanism, and in shamanism, um, I go on spirit journeys. I go looking for animal totems. They speak to me. And I recognize that as a white um, spiritual person, I don't really have that background and that that is a closed practice. So I was wondering what other spiritual practices use as their, um, as their spirit guides, as their whatever it is. Um, <laughs> the Wikipedia, Wicca again being W-I-C-C-A rather than Wikipedia, the online source, says that the, that little voice are angels. They practice white magic. They're white witches. And so angels are what come and they could be an energy, they could be a force, they could be whatever it is. I'm also in a online community of witches. Um, I'm brand new to that. I have not dug at all because I didn't want to, I did not want to do any research before this because I wanted to discover things together. I wanted to teach you something about the tarot and then work together to figure out things about spirituality. And so I've noticed in there that they have a lot of spirit animal totems. Um, this is my totem animal. This is my spirit animal. This is what it means. And that is very problematic. So I don't know if Wiccan or um, going into witchcraft is really what I'm looking for because they still have <laughs> spirit guides. Um, and when I'm practicing now, I'm practicing with a person who is a world shaman. She's had guides and masters from around the world tell her how to do this safely. And what's happening instead is that people are just doing this whenever they feel like it. What I've learned from following shamanism is that if you see, hear, or sense never in whatever way an animal three different ways in one 24-hour period, it's probably a spirit animal for you. So at one point, um, I saw the word hawk on a street name. I saw a physical hawk and then somebody talked out loud about hawks once I had gotten to the place where I was going. So then I checked in and I said, okay, what is your medicine? What is the medicine you're bringing me? And it, I had to sit with myself and, and work through that. I know that there's books out there. Stephen Farmer, Stephen, Stephen Framer, Stephen Farmer, I'm not looking at his book right now, has an entire series on what each animal totem means. Um, but since that is a closed practice, going on spirit journeys and finding spirit animals is a closed practice, I'm still a little bit unsure of where I stand on that because they do speak to me. They, they give me these omens. Um, I saw 16 hawks in one day, uh, and that brought on a, an illness that I had. Not brought on, but it gave me that, that heads up that there was something coming. So I'm still unsure, and I, I don't know if I'll get to an answer at the end, but that's where I am right now. <laughs> so um, in that Wikipedia, it's, they said that angels used to play a secondary role to the more traditional Wiccan gods and goddesses. So I'm also going to be looking into deities at some point. What are the common ones I see frequently? Hades, Persephone, 
Athena, Artemis, a lot of those Greek gods. And um, we all have a pantheon to choose from. So again, there, what's closed and what's not is an important an important uh, part of this journey. I found an article in Mental Floss. Uh, it was posted on October 22nd, 2015, about what would count you as a witch in 1692. So I wanted, you to, I wanted to read you this list. One, female. Check, that's me. <laughs> Two, poor. Okay, yeah, I'm not doing, you know, not doing bad, but I'm not doing so great either. Or a wealthy, strong, independent female. I would say that's more me. I'm not like rolling in it, but you know. Um, having multiple female friends. Arguing with female friends. Disagreeing with anybody. A very old person. A very young person. A healer. Somebody who's married without kids. Somebody having trouble conceiving. Somebody who is stubborn. Anyone with a mole or birthmark. Having spoiled butter or milk. Having sex out of wedlock. Attempting to predict the identity of your future husband. Or breaking any Bible rules. So any one of those 17 things could get you tried for witchcraft back in 1692. So I think that a lot of us here would count for that. I'm just assuming. I don't have any way to back that up, but I'm assuming that that's true. I do want to say, um, in terms of predicting the identity of your future husband, I did go through a period of my life where I was like, what, like, what's his name? What's, when am I going to meet him? <laughs> what's the first letter of his name? And, um, I actually, so I had an altar, which we're going to talk about next episode when we talk about the magician, but I had an altar set up where it was on a mirror. Like that was the base was a mirror and there, I moved and there was a sticker on it that said S. And my boyfriend's name starts with an S, so. I didn't just attempt, I succeeded, I think. Let's see, I don't know. Now, I would love if you would talk to me. So you can reach out to me. Right now, I currently have a Facebook and an Instagram, Almonds and Epiphanies. Both of those have the ampersand instead of the word spelled out and. The website that I've, Built that's kind of new is omensandepiphanies.com and is spelled out in that case. And you also can reach me at omensandepiphanies at gmail.com. And that's E-P-I-P-H-A-N-I-E-S, epiphanies. I know it's hard to spell, but we'll get there together. And I would love to hear any questions you have, any stories you have. Throughout my pre- work. I've noticed that I do know a lot already just from growing up a little bit pagan and uh, having this spiritual journey already. So if you have any questions you want me to cover, I might already have it on the books. I do have all of my 22 first episodes planned out briefly, but I would love to hear what you want to hear. And I'd also love any stories you have. So you can email me or find me on Facebook or Instagram at omens and epiphanies on any of those. And I will see you next time. Okay, bye.